0: Welcome back to Second Look! Woo! Does it ever feel good to say those words? I'm your host, Benjamin Green, and thank you so much for joining me today. I am really excited to be back, but before we jump into the show, I just want to briefly mention our sponsor, Octopod. Um, their website to find out about Octopod is octo-pod.com outset. They have these awesome battery backups for your phones. Go to that website, octo-pod.com slash outset to learn more and use the coupon code OUTSET when you check out for 50% off. Well, I tell you what. I was on a summer hiatus the last few weeks. Somewhat abrupt. And, um... I I haven't really been talking a whole lot about what I was doing, but I figure it's going to come out soon enough, so I just want to share it with you all now. Um, I've been traveling the country, testing how well my message is being received among the people of various states in our country, and after some serious consideration, I've decided to join in and seek the Republican nomination for president in 2016. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. Wow. Boy. 14 and counting, huh? Seems like not even just too long ago I was talking about 6 and counting, but 14 declared candidates. That That sentence that I was just starting to say, I've decided to seek the Republican nomination for president in 2016, that's sure becoming a common sentence to hear, isn't it? I I don't really know what to make of all these candidates. It's really a lot. And if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know that I'm very much a um big tent party guy. I think that the party can have a lot of... um varying beliefs in it as long as we come to agreement on a few key things. Uh but this takes big tent to a whole new level. And what's interesting to me is so many of the candidates seem to like ideologically overlap. I don't see a whole lot of difference between say George Pataki and um Jeb Bush. You know, they sure they have their differences or 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 Lindsey Graham. But but it's not, like, a drastic difference. And it makes you wonder why they're running. You know, are they running to try and beat down another candidate? As is my theory with Lindsey Graham. I think he's running to beat down Rand Paul. Are are they running trying to get a Fox News show? Um, do they actually think they can win? Do they want to be vice president or just have a cabinet position? I... I, obviously, I'm not acquainted with any of them, so I have no real way of finding any of that out. But it really would intrigue me to hear why all these candidates are running. Especially the, like, second tier of candidates. And George Pataki comes to mind. He doesn't have much of a following, um... But he certainly seems committed to campaigning. So 14 and counting. Like I said, that takes big tent to a whole new level. Um, I don't... I don't know why in the world we would want 14 candidates on the ballot. If I were Ryan's pre I would be doing pretty much everything I could to stop people from jumping in at this point. But... In the coming weeks, we're likely to have Scott Walker. If I'm Scott Walker, is almost certain. Um, if not, John Kasich and a whole bunch. I'm just speechless, honestly. I, I, I don't even know what to make, make of it. I was watching Chris Christie's announcement while I was um, away, I watched Jeb Bush. Donald Trump and Chris Christie's, and I'm just not sure what they have to offer to the field. I'll tell you right now, I won't be voting for any of those three I just named. It'll be interesting to see we're not very far away, just like a month away from the first primary debates, and I'm going to be eagerly watching the primary debates to see um whose ideas stand out from the pack and so far Rand Paul has definitely been the one candidate who stood out from the pack to me and I've I've said in previous shows I fully expect to see myself voting for him in the primary but I mean there are other good candidates too so I'm I'm really looking forward to these debates and On that note, Fox News uh, is holding, I believe, the first debate, and they've said that they're going to limit it to 10 candidates. You have to be in the most recent national polls. You have to be in the top 10. I think this is very interesting, especially considering that, you know, Donald Trump is polling so well, but his unfavorable numbers are so high, he'll never ever win the election, unless, of course, he has Oprah as his running mate like he wants. Then, I i mean, he'd be an unstoppable force then. <laughs> but, you know, he's likely to be up there in that 10 people, even though he's not very likely to win the nomination, or even less the general election. So so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out, and I believe that Fox News said they would be holding a candidate forum for the other candidates, so I'm interested to see the structure of that. Really, my philosophy of a debate is that it should prepare you for Uh, the general election. It should test your ideas, and it shouldn't just be another televised campaign spot. I mentioned on a previous show that I think that they should hire intentionally adversarial debate hosts who are going to come and badger the um, candidates to make sure that the candidates actually believe what they're saying, actually feel strong about it, and are willing and able to defend what they stand for, not just complain about media. And um, I I have a feeling that wouldn't go over very well with people in either party, so I don't expect to see that in my lifetime. (laughs) But I sure would like to. Um, actually, while I was on vacation, I caught a little bit of the Rachel Maddow show, and I, I was really impressed. Again, Rachel Maddow is a woman with whom I agree on almost nothing, politically. Uh, and yet, I, I was entertained by her show. Um, don't worry, I'm not gonna go out and subscribe to MSNBC, but but it, it intrigued me. Uh, I feel like she, that I'll call out Bill O'Reilly, she does a much better job of entertaining the possibility of there being another side than Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly is arrogant and he mocks his opponents as Cowardly or just playing dumb. And I granted I only watched it a little bit, but I did not see Rachel Maddow do any of that, so I was pleasantly surprised. And I was thinking while I was watching about whether or not I'd like to see her moderate a debate, and I think I would because she has kind of funny reactions to things. So if, you know, Trump says on the debate stage that, um, mexican immigrants are rapists oh and some of them some of them are good people too i i really would like to know what rachel maddows reaction would be to that but anyway on to trump donald j trump he's actually done it i am in shock i was not surprised when he announced i was shocked when i saw that he had actually filed paperwork with the fec he's actually running for the nomination i cannot believe it at all um <laughs> he the man is just so utterly ridiculous to me and and the idea that a reality tv host and granted he's rich but being rich and being famous does not mean you're good presidential material. And I don't want to see his name anywhere near the White House. And hopefully the majority of the Republican Party is there with me. Because I really do think that a Trump presidency would be, if not a disaster in policy, which I think it likely would be, certainly a disaster as far as uh, perception in the international community is concerned. But anyway, Trump has come under fire uh, for remarks that he made that Mexican immigrants are bringing over criminals and rapists and... Uh, diseases and drugs over the border. Oh, and some of them are good people, too. I'm not gonna... Let me just say what I'm gonna say. (laughs) I grew up in Arizona, southern Arizona. I've had a lot of friends who are Hispanic immigrants, um, a lot of them from Mexico, most of them, actually. And, um, sure, I've known some who have ended up being criminals and done drugs and stuff. I don't think I've known any that are rapists, but it's still not a fair characterization to them, um, to say, oh, yeah, it's all this bad stuff. Oh, and some of them are good people, too. It's a ridiculous, broad generalization to make, and yet... I think that it's incredibly insulting to my immigrant friends to say that they're going to be all demoralized and offended by what some loony guy from New York has to say about them. I, I don't really care. You know what? I'm, I'm a Baptist. I'm a conservative Christian. I still consider myself a social conservative. I have bad things said about me all the time, and I don't really let it get me down. I just keep doing my thing, um, doing what's right with my conscience, with my faith, uh, and and I'd imagine that I my immigrant friends and um, children and parents and grandparents aren't really going to pay all that much attention to what Donald Trump says because they really don't care. That said, I personally think Donald Trump's remarks were dumb, Uh, but I'm not going to chalk them up to much more than that. I don't think the man is a racist, probably. I don't think he honestly believes that most Mexicans are rapists and drug dealers and Oh, and a few of them are good people. I think he just said it. And sure, he's standing by his remarks and even doubling down on them. But what do we expect? I mean, it's Donald Trump. He's a man who's made a living out of being ridiculous and flamboyant and rich. And so in this presidential campaign, he's flaunted his wealth. And now he's flaunting ridiculous statements. And so it's just... It comes with the territory. Donald Trump is Donald Trump. We should expect it all along and really not lose any sleep over it because he's just going to be him. You do you. (laughs) Donald Trump could really benefit by doing one thing. If he were to go to octo-pod.com slash outset, He could buy the coolest little battery backup thing for his phone or tablet. And then he'd never have to worry about it dying, and so he could tweet like a raving mad teenage girl anywhere he wanted because he'd have an octopod to charge his phone when the battery got low. Buy an octopod for Donald Trump. Give him a... Give him a hand and buy one for yourself, too. Octo-Pod.com slash Outset. If you use the coupon code OUTSET at checkout, you can get 50% off for a limited time. And I I really do think we'd see Donald Trump do a whole lot better in the polls if he bought an Octopod. You really don't know what it can do for your life. So, as I mentioned, I was on vacation, and it was a great vacation. Uh, it was a road trip, and road trips are just basically my favorite thing ever. Uh, we, we went from, through southern Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Texas, I went to San Antonio, Texas, never been there before, that was really exciting, um, oh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, never been there before either. It is humid in Arkansas, let me tell you. And then up into Indiana, spent some time with family, and um, then came back. One of the really interesting things about this trip is uh, it went to both uh, George W. Bush and William J. Clinton presidential libraries. And it, it was really interesting to see the libraries put uh just lay out the case for the presidency basically and justify the decisions that were made um I really enjoy presidential libraries I've been to the George W Bush Bill Clinton and Ronald Reagan libraries of those 3 I agree with Ronald Reagan the most politically but but it's really interesting for me to see uh just basically get to know the president as a person a little bit more and get to see uh the good sides of their presidency you know growing up under george w bush there in in the media it was a whole lot of negative negativity and when i first started paying attention to politics was the 2008 campaign and there was just a whole lot of mud being slung on George W. Bush's name, and and so it it was kind of refreshing to go to a place where, um, you could just see George W. Bush's thoughts actually from himself, and not George W. Bush's thoughts portrayed by the media, and and so it makes a whole lot clearer uh, presentation of. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I, I, I just really like the view of the person. You know, I my only memories of a Clinton presidency are seeing him on TV. Uh, Bush, I have a little bit more of. But even still, I was very young when he left office. And, and so it, it's neat for me to be able to learn and see from from history, like what, what the world was like even just six years ago, seven years ago when Bush left office and, and to see what the country went through and what the president decided in certain points. That's a big theme in the Bush library is, is his decision. You know, his memoir was called Decision Points and, and they, They talk about that all through, why he made the decisions he made. And whether or not you agree with him, it's very insightful to to see his justification for the decisions. But let me tell you what, Texas, Texas is a big state. I was impressed while we were going through Texas Texas can be really annoying sometimes. <sighs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, Stephen. Texas is a great state. Nowhere near as great as Arizona. I would just like to say once and for all, Arizona is and always will be the best state. No, No competition whatsoever. But, there is one thing that Arizona could really learn from Texas, and pretty much every other state. Texas is the only place I have ever seen a state flag flying by itself. You don't often see a state flag without the American flag nearby. I can't recall a single time in my memory I've ever seen just the Arizona flag flying. Um... I mean, chances are I've probably seen it at least once, but I certainly don't remember it. And in Texas, it was everywhere. They're, they love their state flag. They're obsessed with state pride. And I think we'd be a whole lot better off if every state was this way. Yes, we should all have loyalty to um, the United States. It's a great nation and... I am fiercely patriotic as a nation. But also, I'm fiercely patriotic to my state. I love it here. I never want to leave. I may end up leaving someday. Well, time will tell. But I never want to. And it, it's a an interesting thing. Because in Texas, they still haven't lost that. And especially... I, I mentioned we went to San Antonio. We went to the Alamo. And boy, there is no better monument to Texas State Pride than the Alamo. E- even though it was a blistering defeat, uh, they're still so proud of it. And you go in the Alamo, and you can just see the docents going around, there, and they're, well, I don't know if they're called docents, but whatever, that works. and And they're just thrilled to have people in there learning about the Alamo and seeing it and you can go and learn they have a timeline of Texas history and they're so excited about it and and I love that I the the history of our states is so unique and we can learn a lot from the individual states But the problem is, people don't know much about the states. I know very, very little about the history of Arizona, and almost anything I do know was either learned in elementary school, so you can imagine how in-depth that is, or I've just learned on my own. The only option I had to take Arizona history would be to opt out of taking like, say, U.S. government. I I would have had to go out of my way to take a class in Arizona history. And it shouldn't be that way. We should learn from our states uh, and be proud of our states and strive to make a difference in our states. I'm a firm believer that liberty begins with the states and that it won't become widespread until states start spreading liberty. That's one thing I love about Texas. One thing I love about Arizona. We're a whole lot freer than some of our neighboring states. You know, Arizona and California. Look at the contrast. And I don't know. I was just really happy to drive around Texas and see the state flag and hear all the state pride because... It just says to me that there's a little glimmer of federalism still alive in this country, and I want to do everything I can to try and revive it. So on that subject of state sovereignty and states' rights and state pride, there was an article, I'm pretty sure it was in the Washington Post, that said, every state flag is terrible and here's why. And this this writer, I forget her name, but she went through and um just like tore apart <laughs> all 50 state flags. And I'll put a link to this in the show notes on com. But... She just went through all the state flags, and there were a lot that I had never seen before. She apparently hates them all. There are many that I like. I still maintain that Arizona has the best state flag, although she seems to think it looks like Imperial Japan. But, um, I do love our Copper Star. But, I was particularly struck by, uh... Like, the different philosophies that came through in state flags. Some of them, like, aim to show history. Like, there were a couple states that had different... Southern states that had different variations on the Confederate flag. Um, Some of them, like, say, California's flag. It just says California Republic and has a bear, which that's a little disingenuous because California never was a republic of its own. But... Hey, they they do what they want to do. Um, I was particularly intrigued by the state flag of Virginia. I It had the word Six Semper Tyrannus and has a dead guy on it. it. It was the only state flag that I saw that had a dead guy. <laughs> and so, don't, don't mess with Virginia, everybody. And then... Um, so if I just had to pick my top, top four state flags, I'd probably say Arizona and then, um, Maryland. I really like Maryland state flag. It's busy and bright colored, but it is pretty cool. And then Indiana and, um... and then probably texas probably i really like the lone star thing it has enough similarity to the us flag but then at the same time it's enough different and and since the stars represent the states in the us flag it it brings that lone star and then I guess I'll go and name a fifth, and I'll, I'll say it's Virginia. I just couldn't believe it when I saw that one. It cracked me up. So always to tyrants. Well, I think that about wraps it up for today. Uh, before I head out, I just want to let you guys know I'm going to be a guest on the Stephen Perkins program coming up later... This month, he has been interviewing different people. If you don't regularly listen to Steven's program, I highly recommend it. He has a different style than me, um, and he loves Taylor Swift more than me, although I am a fan. Um, And I'm going to be on there, and I'm really hoping that he doesn't ask me creepy, disturbing questions like he has some of the other people. But... I, I'm i trying to remember. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be on there the week of the 13th. So you can check um, my Twitter or Stephen's Twitter. Uh, he's at Stephen underscore Perkins. I'm at B Green AZ. And, and you can check that for details as that gets closer. But the week of July 13th, make sure to check out the Stephen Perkins program. And it'll be like a mind... Explosion. Two outset podcast hosts on the same show. What? So, we'll see how it goes. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I really hope you subscribe to the show in iTunes. It'll take you like 10 seconds. And then you won't miss a single episode and you'll help us gain a lot of exposure, uh, me personally, but also the entire outset network. And make sure when you subscribe to rate it, give it an honest rating, but we do love five star ratings. You'll be our favorite people and make sure to subscribe to the Stephen Perkins program and the Matt Dallas show as well. Always check outsetmagazine.com and at outsetmagazine on Twitter And have a great week, it's good to be back, and I'll see you right here same time next week.